You're listening to 43 Feet, a podcast about leadership. We believe that real leading happens out front, but that usually means you're probably building the next 43 feet of good road for those behind you while you're running the race yourself. My name is Frank Schwartz, known in the gloom of the early morning as Dark Helmet to my F3 brothers. Make way for Dark Helmet. All rise in the presence of Dark Helmet. Every week, I'll be talking with leaders in and out of F3, including regular appearances for my shared leadership team. If I'm going to do this, I'll need my news team at my side. News team, assemble! We're here for candid conversations, to answer questions from around F3 Nation, to pontificate wildly, teach leadership, and otherwise attempt to help you navigate the next 43 feet. And we're back. Hello and welcome back to the three boot of the 43 feet podcast. This is what you've been waiting for. We've had a couple weeks off. We kind of we kind of slunk into the into the shadows there for a minute. Uh, my name is Dark Helmet, president of F3 Nation and host of this here podcast. Uh, and this week, as is often the case, I am joined by some of the most high impact men uh, that this world, certainly that F3 Nation has to offer. The first and foremost, well, foremost, I'm making you foremost today. His name is Steve Schaefer. He's 57 years old. And he is known as GMO. What's up, Darkus? Hey, how are you, buddy? I'm doing great. I'm just coming off of a four-day men's spiritual retreat, so I'm on a high. Nothing is going to get in my way. Peaceful, connected, on fire. Well, Bono, Bono may be able to ruin that. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. I'm just glad you said I'm coming off a four-day, and I was waiting for Bender, and then it was men's retreat, so that's good. The opposite of a bender. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. It's the unbender. That was a stupid thing to say. But you know what? The guy who's nodding most most vigorously that that was a stupid thing to say is our uh, head of leadership development for the nation, Seth Brown, 47 Bono. I, I hope I'm still 47. Actually, most days I am. And uh, you know, I, you're right. I am 47. But yes, it, I don't know. Some days I just wish that that I could look as good as GMO at 47 as he does at slightly older than that. So we'll just leave it at that. How about that? I'll just say you said it, not me. I No, I did. I own it. Totally. totally. <laughs> no, nothing wrong with that. Totally. Uh, then occupying the weasel shaker seat for F3 Nation, the gob, the gobtastic, got the everlasting gob stopper. Huh? You like that one? That's pretty good. I, yeah. I, yeah. I got Eric Nowak, 42 gobbler. How y'all doing today? Excellent, my friend. Excellent. Uh, how is the weather? I think things have finally started to turn here. Katie talked about it on the uh, COT podcast last week or two weeks ago. I can't remember which one it was, but uh, that we may be finally starting to turn into fall here in the Carolinas. How about you? So, yeah, the weather is starting to turn. Uh, it was high 40s, low 50s this week in the morning with about 73 during the day, but it hasn't started raining yet. So we have like had like wow. two weeks of like this perfect weather. I spent the weekend out at American Lake with uh, family day for my army unit right on the lake, kind of hanging out. Uh, the kids had a good time. So it's good weather right now. It's probably... I'd say about a couple of weeks before the rain comes in. Very good. And is American Lake, which side of the Shastas is that on? That's on the West. It's right. uh, yeah. 
it's right there. It's a nice, nice little lake right yeah. inside of Fort Lewis. Oh, very good. Very good. And last, but most certainly not least, the head of communications for F3 Nation, the king of the COT podcast, the the ruler of the Pick Up the Six Productions uh, and podcast family. His name is Brian. <laughs> it was Brian Jones. He's 41 years old. And we call him so, Hello Kitty. I, usurp the throne sounds right. Um, you know, after a few weeks off, uh, and we're back. And it's really and good to we're be back. back. It's good to be yeah. back. And it really it's good is. to be back. It's good to be here, man. Good to see you guys. Excited to talk about this topic today. Me too. Uh, me too. Uh, so, you know, we leave the announcements for, um, for other uh, podcasts and, and, and uh, we leave some of the, the stuff worth trying, obviously for the stuff worth trying podcast. Um, but I did, uh, I didn't want to give you a heads up gentlemen that uh, I was inspired. I was inspired. And so I think we have an F3 manifesto that's about to come out mm. because the, I was super inspired by what you guys talked about Kitty on your podcast and also what, uh, as I am now calling them and making a logo for T-Boy and the job. Uh, T-Boy the... and the job. Exactly. <laughs> Actually, I was thinking more like, uh, kind of like, uh, you know, shock jock radio, like T-Boy and the job. You know, like I that like kind of that. Thing. I like yeah, that. Like yeah. That, you know. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and on the 405. I've got news, weather, and sports coming up at the bottom <laughs> of the hour. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so yeah, T-Boy and the job on the stuff with the trying podcast, but the, the thing that kind of inspired me, uh, as I listened to many of the podcasts this week and heard some of these things about, uh, you know, around this, this, uh, young woman who was killed in Memphis mm. and, um, and the, just the tragedy that that is. And, and the way that the men of F3 nation, even though apparently, uh, there's some FIA gals who are like, we don't need your protection. Thanks for nothing. Uh, stay out of our way. They're likely right. Hey man. You be you. We're not. We're not trying to, you know, rescue the world. We're just saying, you know, for those that may be in need, or for those that may may make them more comfortable. This is, you know, this is what we're what we're about. And so it's been kind of put out there to the nation, you know. And I've seen it in a number of places. And naturally, it originated in the sunblotter zone uh, of Carpex. And uh, you know, these guys, uh, and I, I believe it was Shuddy who kind of penned it, but kind of you know put out their support and said, "Hey, if you're out at four thirty in the morning, come where we are." Uh, you know, we'll, we'll make sure you get where you're supposed to go. And, and uh, just, just, and not because we're so strong and brilliant and, and brave or whatever, but brother, it's uh you know, it's a place full of people and where there's more people you're, you're bound to be uh, at least a little bit safer. So um, in, intrigued and inspired by the things uh, spoken there. And it just made me think of uh, what I, what I believe F3 means uh, and what I think it could mean and what it should mean out in our, our uh, community. So um, look for a little manifesto. I think I'm going to write here and uh, look for your Meanwhile, Frank at the same time. Right. So that's incredible, right? That's yeah, what we're doing yeah. here in our local communities. Well, at the same time, our man, Carmen San Diego uh, of the F3 nation board of F3 Naperville is in Nairobi, Kenya, working out planting shovel flags with 15 plus Kenyans. I mean, the, yeah. the reach of this thing is just, it's overwhelming at times in a good way. It's and I, I, um, I'm not at liberty to say just yet, but uh, I believe it is now officially confirmed, but I have, I have to kind of wait until it's uh, officially official. We have an article um, that is going to be hopefully tacked on to a full-on media blitz uh, that is coming out in a publication that reaches somewhere in the neighborhood of how many, well, you know what, I'm going to ask. How many unique visitors do you think that this particular website gets in a month? It's it's more than you think. It's in the millions, I would think. 
it's not a billion, Bono. That's, that's a little extreme. It's a little extreme. Unique visitors to this website every month. It is a, an American publication. It's 70 million. Seventy. That was close. Come on. One billion, 70 million. Is that Come government on. math? What are they... What the hell do they teach you over there? <laughs> You're not teaching anybody math, are you? No, oh I'm thinking God. of like one billion dollars. That's right. right. Yeah, that's that's what's going through my mind right now. I so. got it. I got it. It's a lot. Uh, it's a lot. Yeah. So it's a lot. It's a lot. And uh, hopefully to be on uh, some some other media outlets and things that will put us in a, a very national spotlight. So my gosh, we're scared, but my gosh, mm -hmm. uh, GMO, I think we're ready. Let's go. Yeah. I mean, every time I say something to GMO about like, gosh, do you think we're, and he just looks at me and goes, bring it. Let's go. That's pretty much it. Yeah. <laughs> we're collision learners. We're going to collide on a couple of things, but we'll figure yeah. it out. Yep. Yeah. But do you know why we'll figure it out? Because every day we get up and you go out in the gloom and you adhere to the five core principles and you put on your heart, plant, grow, and serve to invigorate male community leadership. If we stick to that, then will be just let's fine. go. We'll be just fine. Yeah. And yeah, things will happen. Fine. Things will happen along the way, right? We'll have some issues. <laughs> But if we keep plant growing and serving for male community leadership, then we'll be we'll be a okay. And, Agree. And if we break and overwhelm the website, that's bottom great. Problem, right? Bada that's great. Sorry, bro. Hey, let's break. And right now he's not going to defend himself. So that's right. We'll just help him. That's it. Yeah. Bada. Exactly. I'll help you. Whatever you need. That kind of, that kind of hey. segues us to the the topic of the day, which is you know part of the reason we're doing this is not so we can sit and brag and pat ourselves on the back mm -hmm. and tell ourselves how wonderful we are and and, and all that kind of stuff. Although that is wonderful. Uh, part of the reason that we're, we're doing all this, really one of the main reasons we're doing all this is because when we sat in a, a room and started putting structure around, uh, around the F3 nation, right? And moved it to where we had a little bit more of a, a formal structure where we could start building out leadership and, and all of us came together uh, and, and all that kind of stuff. And, and part of the reason that we did that, one of the main focuses as we were doing that was to make generational impact. That was one of the main focuses that we had as we started putting that around. We said, hey, if this thing's going to make it past us, we've got to put some formal structure around it so that it has generational impact. Now we see that now, you know, eight, nine, 10 year old kids. I mean, babies, they can barely tie their own shoes and they're out there doing workouts. I mean, you've seen it. I've seen it. You know, I mean, I don't know that they're running guys for 45 minutes, you know, all the hell and back, but, uh, but they're definitely out there. I, I know how you feel about a GMO, but I'm just saying, even, even in those places where, where it's kind of designated, Hey, this is Absolutely. a 2.0 friendly, you know, AO or whatever, right. Mm -hmm. The, uh, these kids are out there doing it. And, and that's part of what the generational impact is. And, you know, I had a dream a long ago when the, when the Boy Scouts, I think I've told this before, but when the Boy Scouts started, you know, choking on themselves and uh, finally lost their way and became a bullfrog and went down the toilet. Uh, and now they're just scouts. Uh, thanks for nothing. Um, you know, I thought, man, who better to step into the breach, but us, you know? And so I, I have a dream one day of, and I'm starting to see it. I'm seeing uh, some, some guys pop up their heads in little, little places around the, the nation that they're, they're focusing on 2.0s and uh, male 2.0s and how to, how to grow them and lead them and that kind of stuff. But regardless, with the idea of generational impact in mind, hey, what, why don't we talk a little bit about leading our shorties, leading in our family and leading our shorties? Um, because sometimes I think it's easy for us to say, well, I'm the dad, so I get to lead. And that's when you know, we, we preach against it. We hate it when it happens to us, 
we despise it when our bosses use their institutional authority, mm. you know, against us and say, well, you'll do it because I'm the boss. Cause I said so, right. Nobody likes that. Mm. And so why do we turn around and do it to our kids? And, uh, and so how do we lead appropriately uh, without just being basically a, a built-in <laughs> a built-in boss or a built-in bully uh, to our kids. I, I think it's interesting because you know we've got some uh, uh, quite the striation here, if you will, of uh, family situations. Uh, Bono and I are basically the same age, and we both just sent our oldest off to to college. Um, which, by the way, worst thing <laughs> ever. <laughs> <laughs> It was rough. It's rough. It's still rough. We'll talk about that later. But uh, you got Gobbler, who's basically got a newborn that he's far too old to have sired. But here he is, nonetheless. Uh, you know, Kitty, you got a couple of young kids. GMO, you 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 got a, a an empty nest. You sent them all off. Yeah, recently an empty nester. Yep. Man, three daughters, twenty-seven, twenty-five, and twenty-one, all out of the house, flying yep. like they're they're adulting, is what we say. Ah. <laughs> So you know what? Let's start with you. Let's start with you because uh, as the 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 war daddy. That's what the, I was going to say. I just want to listen to whatever GMO has to say. It's pretty much my plan for today, right? Well, I mean, they're adulting, so clearly they've made it this far. Yeah. Uh, there are they now. You have one left in college. Or are they all done with college? Yeah, my oldest is a senior at Belmont in Nashville. Okay. So. So you got that going, and uh, and here you are trying to figure out how to navigate life with them. They are all more or less on their own. She's a senior. So does that mean she comes home for holidays and stuff still? Yeah, she does. Yeah. But she stayed in Nashville over the summer. She had clinicals. So um, officially, you know, up to Nashville, she's not coming back. So my wife and I are trying to figure out who are we? What's our mission? What's Mm -hmm. next? How do we, how do we engage with our adult kids differently? Right. Mm -hmm. Um, what do we want to get involved in, but maybe they don't need us to, mm. uh, what do we pay for? What don't we pay for? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's just a, it's a, who's allowed to sleep in the house when they bring people home. Yes, sir. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a different uh, situation, obviously, but uh, yeah. yeah, I don't know kind of where we go on this topic. If what it's like to lead older children. Um, I was going to say, so yeah, now that they're kind of on their own, do you, I mean, obviously your leading is not done. You're still their dad. So, no. but it certainly has to have shifted. Yeah, it's shifted in in odd ways. Like my oldest um, is in New Orleans. And so her interactions with me, like right now was getting on the Spotify family account, you know, or (laughs) helping her navigate through going back to college uh, for her, you know, advanced degree and um, trade-offs with jobs and thinking about benefits if she goes part-time or gets a loan. So it's somewhat transactional, but also they are always children. They're always going into a next phase of life. So um, it's emotional, just like it is when they're kids. It's just uh, on a different topic. Uh, The stakes are maybe a little bit higher and more complex. Um, So it's, it's both lifting them up, but also keeping them balanced and knowing that they've got parents that love them and will support them. And that definition of what support means you know, has got to be different, right? Because they're making decisions for their life. I think I heard some statistic that adult children, even at 27, are funded by their parents 
like for 20% of their financial like assistance with rent or assistance with family plans on phones. Um, they never fully grow up because they keep expecting they can come back and land in the safety net. So part of it is just thinking about where you're setting boundaries and where you need to let go as parents to maybe let them fail. Um, you know, it's interesting. Sometimes they'll say, I'm so poor, I can't afford this. But yet she went on a trip to, you know, came back to St. Louis to watch a couple Cardinals games. So you're, you, you kind of you have these things like, well, you say you're poor, you need some, you know, a little spending change, but yet you're making these other decisions. So, I mean, it's just uh, maybe setting some boundaries would, would be, you know, something to think about. It's interesting. Uh, our, you know, like I said, our oldest went to college last week and she's already saying things like, dad, I, you know, I don't know. Cause I was like, well, who are you going to eat lunch with tomorrow? And she's like, I, I don't know. I, I don't want to buy lunch. I'm very concerned about spending money. And I was like, sweetheart, <clears throat> I don't know if you know this, uh, all that money that's sitting in your account. That's what this is for. Like you're supposed <laughs> to spend. So we have like the opposite problem. She's like, oh, I can't do anything. You know, she, she gets nervous about seeing that number go down or something. Yeah. I'm like, your mother taught you this crap, you know, <laughs> but, uh, so you have to deal with them differently now. Right. I mean, you can't, yeah. you can't talk to them in the same way. You have to provide them independence. You have to open it up and say, Hey, I mean, it's not, it's not even just stepping back to let them fail. Like you have to influence now much differently, I would think, than you would when they, they lived at home. Yeah, I mean, you can't, you don't have a corral around them, you don't have a fence around them, you don't have a chute for them to go through, you can't control if they can or can't take the car, right? So it's uh, a lot more, you know, like you said, influence, and still being in relationship with them, and showing that you care about aspects in, of their life. It's kind of like, I think one of the key points is ask, listen, and remember, don't respond. So when you are part of their lives and remember, hey, how did that you know, job interview go? Or how did that trip go? It's very much more relational. And sometimes my kids are, are interested in things of goo nation. And my therapist had mentioned one time when I was struggling with relating to one of my daughters, you know, he said, you know, you've got to love the kid, not the topic. And so it's just really important. Help me with that one. Well, you know, if they want to talk about movies and Hollywood. Oh, I got you. Like stuff, stuff that you're like, yeah, I could not have less interest. I, I do not care about that stuff. Yeah. You know, yeah. but they do, you know, you know, yeah. what's your, what's your, I don't know, TikTok influencer talking about now, you know, it's like, I get all bristly and frustrated and, and kind of upset internally, but. Like every time you say TikTok, I get dumber. <laughs> So it's just uh, still wanting to be in their lives. And, and the other thing is just doing cute little sweet stuff for them, you know, filling up their gas tank when they come by or washing their car, you know, it's still being tender and sweet and thoughtful um, to your kids. You, I mean, yeah. I love it. I, I love being a father and it's just a different dynamic as they get a little bit older, but they still need their, their mom and their dad. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to throw one. Oh, go ahead, Kitty. Yeah, no, I'm just curious. Cause now like, I'm just, I'm taking notes and I'm studying and how much of that changes as they grow from what at times when they're younger, likely feels like a much more tactical approach, right? Like mm. my need, obviously spiritual and emotional guidance, but they also need, I need you at the table in five minutes, having done X, Y, and Z. I heard Dred talk about this a lot, right? Before a family trip, like girls, 
out here now. Here's what I'm expecting you to do over the next five. Like there's yeah. still much of a tactic. go retrieve seven pants, right. uh, seven pairs of underwear, to. return to this yeah, spot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but they get a little bit older. Maybe you can lean much more into that emotional, spiritual side as to what their development looks like too. Yeah, probably emotional. It depends on kind of what you did, uh, how you led them spiritually as to, is that a topic that's still, you know, relevant in their lives? Um, yeah. So I'm going to throw one out there and, and it's funny because, you know, and I, I, I hate this, but this is the answer I, I give kind of glibly, you know, semi-jokingly always at the beginning when a guy goes or somebody asks me, and they're like, man, your girls are so, so well-behaved. They're such good kids. Like, what did you do? How did you do it? Like, what, what should I be doing right now? And I'm like, well, the first thing you have to do is get a time machine and go back, you know, 18, <laughs> 20 years, because that's, that's where it started. Right. You know, and that's, that's where it began. But, uh, Bob, I'll ask you because the, as the leadership development guy and, and an educator and all those sorts of things I'm really open it for anybody, but, um, there's a difference, I think, uh, or, or maybe I guess I shouldn't even say it that way. Is there a difference or what do you perceive the difference to be between, parenting your kids and leading your kids. Is there a difference? Yeah, this is probably more of a dad question. I guess, yeah, there's a, a little bit of an educator perspective, but more of a dad answer. Um, but well, you can't really separate the two. Just be you and tell me what you think. Yeah, no, because I, I think for me, just to answer it directly, it's, yeah, there is, there's a difference. I mean, I, I'm, I'm in a sense, I, I can, I'm love them unconditionally, no matter what. And I'm not their best friend. Um, I don't want to be. I don't need to be. In order to to honor who they are for my two girls, I've got an 18 and 16-year-old now, um, I have to love them unconditionally. I have to be make sure that they feel like they trust me. Um, and it's also my job to to be the heavy when it needs to be mm. is, is one of the things I think that my buddy Tonk and I, I remember one of my first runs in F3 when I really knew this thing would work for me. Um, we ran a 5K after a running workout, which is completely stupid. Um, but I remember after the, you know, we ran a mile, 1.6 miles out on a greenway. And my brain just crapped out after that. I'm like, holy crap, I have to run all the way back. But the thing I remember among anything else, any other run is in that horrible run back. We talked about being a dad. And he had one girl at the time. I had two. And we talked about my job is to make sure that they're fierce, make sure they're tough, make sure they know what to do, what GMO was talking about, make sure they know to listen. And when my youngest, when I look, I just give her that look, then she knows what to do to be quiet, to stop doing what's going on. And, and but really the key is my bride. It's her job to make sure that they know how to love. They know what to to do to take care of the the family and my bride is tough in her own way. Um, so I think the idea here is to, you said to be a parent and the other thing was to be a what? Kind of the difference between parenting and leading. Like, is there a difference between being a parent and being like parenting your kids and leading your kids? Is there, is there a difference? And what is like, what is that? Yeah, I, I think, well, it's, it's all about influence. The one thing I would say here is, is there's a difference in being a friend and being a parent was maybe mm. what I was answering for you there. Gotcha. Um, and my job is to be a parent, not a friend. To, yeah. to be a leader is to influence. And as a parent, I have to influence. So there are a lot more similarities, I think, in, in leading my kids. Because as a leader at the same time, I don't know, it, that, that one's a little bit... I'm struggling there because I, I was. Yeah, and I, I don't know that I had a good answer. I just was kind of thinking about it and going, I wonder, you know, what 
what, what might the difference be? And, and if there uh, is a difference, what would it be in, in the meantime? Though, oh, go ahead, Bonnet. I think the other thing to me, too, is that it is my role just with me and my dolphin is to pour into them as leaders. Um, if I'm going to say what's my preference, what's the thing I want to do and choose to do, I would rather pour into them as a leader for them to be a leader so that way they can do the things they need to do in life. Um, Jim, I remember the you sent us something a while ago about being a man and being a difference in a sheep and a wolf. And that acronym for wolf is something that still sticks hard in my mind is I want my girls to be wise. I want them to be open. I want them to be loving and I want them to be fierce. Now, the trick is that's what I want to do as well as a leader, as, as a man. But I want my girls to do the same thing. So for me, it was one thing of that that acronym is what I want my girls to do. And if I can help them and lead them to do those things and influence them to do those things, then I don't have to worry about them. My, my oldest can go running at 430 and carry. That's different than Memphis, but she can go running and carry because that's where a university is. And they go down the tobacco trail area and she can be fierce. I got 200 and, uh, dudes ready to roll too, son, if you need it. So just, I, that's I right, baby. and that's, that's literally right. exactly. when I, I heard the, 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 we were talking about it early when I, when I heard that, that, uh, and saw the, the description of, I know my, the guys and Carrie are going to take care of anybody and everybody. So I got no worries there. And I want my daughter to be a leader who's fierce enough to take care of herself and be aware and to, to be a leader there among the runners as well. And then I know yeah. and let her go. Yeah and not cry and worry as much, <laughs> maybe not at all, but as much. I don't know, man. But uh, in the, in the meantime, just to take us off track, just a teeny bit um, is uh, uh, someone has joined us. Uh, his name is uh, Chris Gambino. He's 40 years old and we call him bada bing He's the head of it for uh, F3 nation head of technology. I don't like to say it. It sounds terrible. Head of technology. Yeah. It's bigger than that. It's bigger than that. It's bigger than just information. It's, it's anyway. technology, you know, and yeah. sometimes IT gets confused with being head of it. And I don't want to be head of it. I just want to be head of tech. <laughs> That's fair. So, uh, yeah, sorry. So I'm, you know, I'm late, but uh, doing some, you know, IT things. Yeah, yeah. Well, Mammon, Mammon does uh, what it does. Uh, we're talking about shorties. And it occurred, to, uh, it occurred to us that you and Gobbler are the only one that have shorties that, are, uh, that have uh, testosterone. Uh, running in their veins. We, the rest of us are all estrogenites. Mm. We have no, I have, I don't even have male pets. Like I got nothing. There are n- <laughs> zero you. male influence in my house. Yep. I mean, so God, uh, I have you guys. Right. And so we we're talking about leading shorties and, uh, and you, you heard what Bono had to say. And, and I, I think I agree. I, I'm not sure um, that there is a, a huge difference uh, between parenting your children and leading your children. I, I don't know, but GMO, you, you kind of had a look on your face. What, what do you see the difference? Yeah, I just, I thought you meant um, parenting versus leading. And uh, the way I interpreted that is, you know, you're leading your children, but the level of sacrifice is all in Mm. your leadership, you know, outside of parenting, you've got to create some boundaries around that so that you can still focus on your family. So maybe I misinterpreted your question. No, I think what you said there is kind of a a perfect thing. I think, you know, look, I, I love you men with all my heart. But if you think for half a second that I'm going to sacrifice anywhere near as much for you as I am for those girls, <laughs> you know, you're on a different planet, right? So maybe that is that. Maybe that's the difference, right? Is is there's a, a level of connection and a level of sacrifice that that amps up. So it's the behaviors may be similar, but maybe the motive behind it is a, a little bit deeper. Maybe. Yeah, and I think that uh, 
a lot of this kind of evolves over time as they grow up. Um, you know, when my kids were younger and, and I'm st still to this day doing this, but, you know, um, we were obviously, you know, keeping them a lot more in a box and, and paying a lot closer attention to what they were doing. And we were a lot more, you know, proactive in our parenting and our shepherding, you know, reading books called like shepherding a child's heart and all these other things. And we're today when my kids are, you know, my 2.0 is 13, 2.1 is 10, you know, we're more so coming alongside of them now. And, you know, we're still their parent, we're not their friend. So we're going to speak truth into their lives. But we're now seeing that parenting is causing us to be more and more humbled and that we're starting to see in their lives, all the things that, you know, we can mask and hide as adults and as parents and as men that come out just rawness on their side as teenagers, right? And being able to kind of come alongside of them and exhort them is really important piece, both with the male 2.0 and the 2.1, uh, because, you know, we want to be vulnerable with them, but we also want to be firm and being able to talk to them about, hey, mommy and daddy struggle with this too. We're not uh, exempt, <laughs> But uh, this is what, you know, we believe this is the direction we believe you need to be going in. And this is what the Bible says about that. This is what the world says about that. And, um, you know, we try to constantly keep those guardrails on them, but they have a lot, you know, larger, you know, box that, that they're in where, you know, we're going to we're going to let them fail a little bit. Right. And that's part of um, leading them and, uh, and yeah. parenting them is kind of giving them a little bit more rope as we gain a little bit more trust with them. Yeah, no, absolutely. So uh, I'm going to, I'm going to point to Gobbler here and ask him a question because Gob, you're in a situation where you've got a, uh, your, your oldest is 13. Yes. Yeah. And so you got a 13, a seven and uh, whatever he is now, six months. He's a one. He's one. Was he one already? Oh, that's right. I forgot the birthday pictures. That's right. Yeah. yeah so he's one. Yeah. He's, he's barely here, but uh, um, so you got kind of a gap there right between all those and they uh there's a lot of different things that keep keep for, that that may have changed your parenting along the way but my question i guess is from a from the perspective of maybe f3 or q source or however it is what are you doing different this time that you outside of having a sane wife uh what are you doing different <laughs> different this time that you didn't do uh with the older girls oh gosh that is um I don't even know where to begin with that. I mean, besides man stuff, I get that it's man stuff because the girls are older and, and son is now, but it's outside of that. Yeah. I mean, the circumstances, there's so many different circumstances, you know, um, when I, when Imogen, my 13 year old was nine months old, I was um, boarding a, a plane for Afghanistan for 12 months where um, quite frankly, I very well could have died over there. I mean, I don't talk much about it, but um, I was very close to a 1300 pound IED. So, um, you know, that, that is just a, it's a phase of my life that it, it, sometimes I, it's hard for me to even compare the two because it's, it is so, it's so different, different wife, different gender. I'm, I'm actually the most common thing is I'm in the same part of the United States right now, but um you know, in between I wasn't. So there's so many different things going on there. Um, combined with the fact that um, on top of that, my father is, is, is dying and trying to take time um, 
to to at least get my kids to see him when when they, we can when he because he's on the other side of the country and you know in some way that they can remember him uh, in a good way um so i mean differently gosh it's i think that really in some ways it's not what i'm doing differently it's actually just kind of the things that i'm doing the same which is trying to teach them um healthy boundaries trying to teach them you know i really see it as a father's role to teach children how to assess and take risk that you know get out of the bubble you know hey mom it's okay that he's hanging from the pull-up bar because i'm right here underneath him. i'm going to catch him if he falls you know it's okay that they go down the street you know and then balancing that with two different women to be honest like uh, i'm balancing you know um, my uh, pages risk level is much higher than my ex-wife's, um, you know, and so trying to do that at the same time and balance it is um, some people ask me how I'm doing it. And I be honest, I I'm not sure I am at that. Makes, I'm not sure I'm doing it. I'm just I'm just doing it, um, you know, and that uh, I'm in that that phase where with Imogen, I'm trying to push her. And be like, hey, you can do this. You can do this. You can do this. At the same time, with Esme, my seven-year-old, I try to remember. I try to remind her that she doesn't have. She's not a parent. She doesn't have to parent Otto. She doesn't have to parent her older sister either, by the way. And she tries to do both. And I'm like, you're seven. Be a kid. You know. And with Otto, I'm just trying to keep him from tearing the world apart right now um, because he just is. Um, the difference between boys well, he's and a one-year-old boy. Yeah. He, yeah, Otto's a one-year-old boy. The difference at, at uh, between boys and girls at one, like I wasn't that I wasn't ready for. Like my girls were active and they were verbal, but Otto is like he's a little he never stops moving, and he just is constantly, constantly, and um, and Paige will call me. She'll be like, I cannot get anything done. You know, and I go home and she's just like trying to get something done, and he's pulling wine bottles out of the rack and. You know, next thing you know, he's he's over there, you know, pulling uh, scissors that she's got trying to do some yarn work and playing with crochet. I mean, you name it, he's trying to play with it. And, uh, you know, I, I remember what was it? We we were on a plane and he he messed he threw up or something and we were rolling out of the airport. He's just in the stroller in a diaper. And, and I'm just like, judge if you want. But like, we got to welcome take him for 30 minutes and see how you do. So, you know, it, it's to yeah. answer your good questions. It's I'm not I'm not even I don't know what I'm doing different. I just yeah. I'm just trying to to do those base things where, yeah. you know, hey, this is this is what I you know, what is he, what is trying to get them to a point where they can operate um independently but yet also understand that you know when you hit a point where you you don't know you're in the unknown that you can ask for help Mm -hmm. it's okay to ask for help Mm -hmm. and i'll and i'll work it uh through with you imogen just got a phone um that sounds so now i can text her uh, but her mom's paying for the phone. So that's, that adds a level of complexity to it that I can't even start to talk about on the podcast. And so it's that, uh, you know, now I have the ability to talk to her more, you know, but then mm-hmm. teaching her how to to use that, um, 
use that, but also understand that you could lose it too. And I have nothing to say about it. So kind of coaching her through that. Yeah. It, it's, it's interesting. It is interesting, isn't it? Kitty, you, uh, you've been a little bit quiet down there. I'm wondering if it's cause you're, uh, kind of listening or, or no, I was, work, I was working on the, uh, T-boy and the eye job logo. I just sent it over to you. So. <laughs> uh, not, not joking. Um, so T-boy on the know, job. he just brought, you know, Gobbler just brought up a great point. It, it, it sort of becomes, um, a recurring theme in our conversations is regardless of the topic in which we're talking about, and it all varies is that the ability to communicate about this with other men in a closed circle in that shield lock becomes just exponentially valuable. Like to not have to do all of this on your own. Yeah. You and your M need to be aligned and concentric has got to be aligned and you got to have sort of mission objectives for your family. And let's try to stay on those as much as possible. But you also, ideally you've got a small group of guys around you that you can communicate about this with and admit your successes, but also admit your faults and see where they can bring that sort of candor and real truth in love to maybe help you course correct. And I just consider it such an amazing gift, like not a birthday, Christmas. My kids love making homemade cards. Like we make homemade cards all the time for everybody. You're getting a hand-drawn card, not a birthday or Christmas goes by now where, where the depiction of me is not in an F3 shirt. What do you think? What do you think that impact has been on that? Right. And we joke a little bit, but like I, I, they know, they know where to go. If they need something, they know if they were out in public and if something happened and they saw a guy in an F3 shirt, like they'll be okay. It's like the story you tell helmet where you pulled up along the side of the highway. Like that means something yeah. now. And so to have those group of guys around, and I liken it to growing up as a kid and getting to see the guys that my dad spent a lot of time with, right. And in, in the circles he ran with and just, knowing that those ideally are trustworthy guys that are virtuous leaders that are doing the right things. And we don't get it right all the time, but at least there's that level of a standard, I think with us. And I think we got to keep working to hold ourselves down. We got to hold our fellow man and our brother to that with his family too. And yeah. call him if we see like, Hey man, it looks to me like you're not prioritizing right, right now. Talk to me about it. What's going on. Oh yeah, for sure. Oh, I tell you, uh, and by the, I saw you come off. So I'll, I'll ask you, but, uh, go ahead uh, and go next. But the the difference and i've told this story in other places before but the difference between you know me as a parent prior to f3 and me as a parent after f3 is i mean it, it, it's comical and i think in part i mean obviously it has to do a lot with the learning uh and you know the, the leadership training and stuff like that that we receive but i i think you kind of hit it kitty in some ways in part it was because i was trying to do all by myself yeah exactly you know i was trying to do all by myself and the example that I had of parenting, uh, particularly from a father's standpoint, was atrocious. I mean, I, I love the man, but it, it was absolutely atrocious. There was, I mean, it's not worth getting into in, in great detail here, but uh, suffice it to say, I was, I considered myself a cycle breaker. So I was way ahead of where he was, but I was still horrible, <laughs> you know, in a lot of ways as a, as a father, I just was not, um, not as effective uh, as I, as I could or should have been. And, and it's funny, you know, my oldest, um, you know, she's 18 uh, and she has enough of a memory that, you know, eight years ago, nine years ago, or whatever it was, uh, you know, she was nine to 10 years old. She has enough of a memory of, of how I was then versus how I am now that, I mean, she comments on it all the time you know, about what, a, what a, a vast, you know, ridiculous difference that it, that it is. But did you have something you want to throw in there? I saw you coming off mute. I was just going to piggyback on what Kitty was saying about just 
getting your your 2.0s involved in and around the meta of F3. Um, me specifically having a son, I, I have a really cool story about some of the guys. And, you know, he turned 13 this year and I uh, had been preparing to kind of take him through this sort of rite of passage, uh, which I think is a lot has kind of been lost in our society. Bar mitzvah or something or what? No, no, no. Oh, okay, okay. But but sort of a a a man weekend um, dude event to say, hey, listen, you're going from being basically a a child to a young man phase, and then when he's 18, we'll take him into the young man to to man phase, right? But just something that he'll remember where you know we had a weekend away with some other uh, father sons, and you know we did bonfires and we did hikes and we did all this stuff, and I gave him different you know gifts that meant different things and you know i gave him a knife and a go rough bag and i there, you know were there loincloths involved did you no 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 okay. but we you know i gave him all the essentials he would need for for a grow rock event uh hashtag bono hashtag leadership development um anyway hashtag coolest, no we didn't give him a bergmac the coolest thing though that he got and he said this afterward was i had um some f3 guys who he knows and respects write him a letter each of them individually handwrite him a letter about becoming a man, being That's a so warrior. Good. That's so good. Um, and just how, how, what the difficulties and challenges he might face are in this world, how he can be a man of character and conviction, um, how he can be a modern day knight in this, in this world and have standards above and beyond what the world is putting out there. And he cherishes those and those gifts way more than getting, you know, a knife with his name on it or a go rope bag or whatever. And right, those um, are cool things, but you know, these meant a lot yeah. to him and these are other men telling him that they love him. Right. And they want to see him um, with a purpose for his life and to grow up, to be a strong, you know, uh, leader in his community and, and, and invigorating yeah. other men and, you know, being, um, like I said, you know, a, a, a modern day night, if you will, you know, yeah. loving women and taking care of, um, of his sister and all those things. And so it was really, right. really neat. And I think that's the impact that both F3 men can have in our children's lives. Uh, and you know what? I wrote him a letter too, but I'm sure it was way far down on the totem pole compared to uh, the ones that, uh, you know, the other guys wrote. So. Well, that's what I was going to say too, is you, what I think was kind of neat about that. And, and, uh, and I'm going to go to GMO next, because I know he has some perspective on this. Our kids who are a little bit older, uh, having had teenagers, I think the the three of us, me, Bono and, and uh, GMO have had the uh, teenagers the longest um, and uh, or past teenagers now for some of us, old man. Um, but uh, the, the idea that, that really, you know, as parents, our opinion, our feelings, our advice only goes so far. And when you have these other men saying kind of the same things that you would say, how much more weight that tends to carry not because your kid doesn't love you or like you or believe you, but just because it's that third party validation, that external person saying the same thing. And then they go, Oh, wait a minute. Okay. Maybe dad's not an idiot. You know, maybe he isn't just saying that because he's my dad. You know, uh, I tell my daughter, she's beautiful. Who cares? She could not care less. Right. But the boy that asked her to lunch said she's beautiful. And boy, that means something, you know, or even, you know, even another parent, you know, some, someone's mom goes, Oh my honey, you look so good today. You know, whatever. Right. That kind of thing. Gmail. Yeah, it's kind of, I was going to comment on a couple other things, but, but, but what you're on now is, um, you know, with, with my kids too, we have a really close parish community raising and coaching our kids. And it's similar for those guys that have this type of connection at, in F3, 
where I couldn't get my daughter to get past and, and move forward on a, on a certain issue that I was having. I talked to Mr. Russo next door and, and asked him if he would say something to her. He did. She comes home and says, you wouldn't believe what Mr. Russo told me. I'm like, oh, really? That's really great. So just using it's almost like an extended shield lock around your family with your F3 brothers. Um, one of the things I was going to comment, I think it was a little bit what uh, Bada as well as Kitty was saying around cards or these special events is the impact I'm seeing on all of the traditions that my family has created over the years creates an amazing anchor to them now to want to still be in our family. And those little things we did as they, as they were kids are still things they love to do as adults. And it's stuff I got from my parents that it's like a, this lineage of these things that define us as Schaefer's, right? Or is the GMO family uh, really creates a special connection that uh, is so beautiful. Um, so just something for guys to think about knowing oh, the yeah. things you're doing on a consistent basis really create a special connection with your kids. And some of them are things I didn't even realize we were doing. I like, know. It was just like a couple of things that we did and they were like, wait, aren't we going to do the, this, this, this. And we're like, I, I don't remember doing that. They were like, we do it every time. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's you're really like, stupid. I just can't come up with anything new. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, just one more thing, if you don't mind, just Bobby, no, do it. you were saying, you know, about raising a son, you know, one comment I had was be the man that you'd want your daughter to marry. Yep. And yep. just really be super intentional about the, who you are, how you are. And those are expectations, hopefully that they're going to want to uh, embody or in uh, some of our cases, uh, darkest, you know, things that we want to, you know, stop the, the kind of the, the negative and, and, and that uh, kind of situations we went through as, as, uh, as kids uh, in our own family. So know the impact. I think this is one of the things in the shorties chapter on Q sources, the impact you have cannot be underestimated. Mm. I think there's also some, some point there GMO about, you know, you talked about that neighbor delivering that little bit of course correction for them. And, and, but, but with some intentionality needing to orchestrate that to an extent and also have trusted people in the space, right? So when our kids go to the Roseboro household, we're in alignment on a lot of things specific mm -hmm. to raising our children and our kids are friends, but it also means that if they step out of line over there, they can hear it. They can hear candor from Jamie, right? From Lindsay. We, we trust them in that instance to be able to to deliver. And, yeah. and, and even on a big scale, if they had to, if it, if it so escalated to that point. Now listen here, little kitties. <laughs> Here's what I need you to do now. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to nail period your butt period. <laughs> I think also one of the, the roles of a father has is that, um, it's this idea, I would say, of teaching our children who they are by what the past brings to them. You know, what is it? We can't be afraid to to talk about, you know, who their grandparents were, their great parents, you know, and our parents is that we don't all have our parents were perfect. Some of us less perfect than others. But I think there is value in teaching them. This is where you came from, because if you anchor them. And you provide that anchor, whether it's through rituals, traditions, and or through, hey, this is who you came from. When the when life gets difficult, it provides them an anchor to say, hey, 
my whatever my great grandfather did this. I'm from someone who did this, you know, and then it begins to build into them this sense of identity and this sense of self that they're able to lean back on and lean into so that they're not whipped, pushed around by goo nation. Right. They know who they are. And that's really when you think about it, you know, through the that uh, the teenage years is really that critical time of building that identity. And that's what I see with my daughter is like, you know, well, what clothes am I going to wear? Or what am I, what books am I going to read? All of these things that speak to identity and you can either speak it to them and you can tell them what it is, or they're going to go find it from someone else. They're going to find an identity though. And it's like anything you can, you can fill it or someone else can fill it. And I would much rather be the person, you know, filling it and helping her build that identity. Now she can cast it off, but that's her choice. But, you know, what I have a choice is I can kind of, I can provide input, you know, and I can talk about, you know, what, you know, what my great grandfather did or or didn't do. And, and that begins for them to know and say, oh, I do want this or I don't want this. And then, then you turn them off, loosen the world and see what happens. (laughs) You know, you say a really important thing there, I think, Gobbler, too, is when you said, um, you want to be able to provide advice. I mean, you want to still have access. So you almost have to watch who you are, how you're responding. So they don't cut you out of that ability to influence. Um, The other thing I'm just, this is part of coming off this last weekend's retreat was a man was talking about his kids and uh, he said, my kids are perfectly imperfect. And it's just recognizing that you've got to be very careful with your expectations or your timelines and recognize they're on their own journey and it will, it in quotes will be revealed to them, you know, based on their learning and, and who they are as individuals. Um, I can't say that enough. Sometimes I think parents get wrapped up in what they maybe missed out on or didn't accomplish. Uh, <laughs> and it really can wreck the kids' uh, lives pretty early, you know, when they want to be a sports star, sign up for all these kind of special elite athlete. Um, you know, how much is that, is that of that as a kid or how much is of that as the, the parent? Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, I think to your point really quick, GMO, about uh, access is I heard this really um, neat, you know, quote from, uh, it was either in a book called everyday talk or the guy who wrote it, but it said, you know, you need to be a resource. I'm um, sorry. You need to be a refuge to your children before you can be a resource. And I just need to remember that, you know, uh, that let's just be there for them. Let them talk. Um, not always come down on them, realizing they're going to be imperfect. They're imperfect beings just like us. And we need to also be humbled and realize again, we're not perfect. But um, they are going to follow something, to your point, Gobbler. They are going to find their identity in something. Uh, be that you know, refuge for them. Then hopefully they'll, you can be that resource to help them find their identity in the right things. That's darn near a quote worth repeating. That mm-hmm. is a quote worth repeating. You know, I, I think as you guys were talking as far as identity and, and our kids being perfectly imperfect and, and how do we lead them, one of the things my brain is is whirling around on is is how do we clarify who we are? Um, I said this a couple of years ago. Um, I have a cousin who's in jail, and he's probably never going to get out, to be honest with you. And I said to to my girls, point blank, just Browns don't do that. Um, and it's they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, here and sort of it was sort of ad hoc. I didn't really think about it, but it was one of these things where it's like, you know, where we're loving, we're open, we're wise, we're fierce, 
it's that whole wolf thing. I didn't say it like that, but that those are the terms I used. And I've never really taught my girls leadership formally. And that was one of the things that I learned through through scouting. I mean, that's one of the things scouting or the arrow on the national level. And I think one of the things for me was was if I had a chance to live it again and go back through, I would I would read the three big questions for a frantic family. It's a book that they talked about on self worth trying and clarify what is our mission, what is our vision, what is our 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 calling card in a sense of a family, and, and really clarify that because my girls do it. I mean, my my oldest Caitlin, she's a captain, she's a leader on the team, and I didn't even realize it. My youngest Madison is is fierce. I mean, if someone does something wrong at the gym where she's working, where my bride works as well, I mean, she's all over it, and and it's like she can give it back to me better than anybody. And I think what you were talking about earlier is it's they what we model. Be the man who I want my daughter to be able to to marry and be with, right, and take care of her. And and it's one of those things for me. It's it's helped me do a couple things. One, it's helped me try to live a little bit better. It's also helped me realize that uh, for me, I can't grab honey all the time because with my bride, because I don't want guys to do that to my girls. And, you know, it's one of those things that I used to do and joke around with, with my bride and I've known her for a long time. And it's one of those things of how do I model that now and make sure that what does respect look like? What does fierceness look like? What does love look like unconditionally? And that's something with my youngest who's gone through some medical things recently um, about eight months ago, we were in a tough spot and she just talked to doctor recently and was like, I think dad understands better this time. Cause she just relapsed mm. last week. Mm-hmm. And it's one of these things. I think the key thing was I just shut up and didn't try to make her go ruck tough because she's never going to do a go ruck. <laughs> I'm like that perseverance and that thing that I'm like, Hey, this is good. It'll help you. And, and that's not Madison, right? She needed Papa yeah. Bear more than go ruck kind of dad and it's like all right, yeah, I, I yeah. love her the way she needs me is key uh, yeah absolutely yeah I, I know we're coming to the end of our time and i just i, I want to say say this because i know there's a lot of guys that are listening that are in a, uh, a similar situation is that if you're in a uh, situation where you are trying to parent in a divorced household or a split household whether you're whichever side you're on uh it's easy to say well i get to do it differently because of my situation and I'm going to say you you really don't. It's the same. The prince, you, know, you might it might look a little different. The tactics might be a little different, and your, your everyone's situation is is a little bit different. But the basics are the same, um, regardless of what type of relationship you have with your ex spouse and what you're trying to do. Is you still it's still the basics are the same. And I want to I think it bears being said because we've we've all seen it. Well, my situation is different. I don't need to. The daily exercise because I'm special. I don't need to watch my what I eat because I'm special. We all want to be special and we all want to get out of doing the hard work. Um, and this is hard work and you're not special. And the basics are the same regardless of what your personal situation is. And yes, you might have to make nice and swallow your pride uh, with an ex-spouse. Um, yes, that's, that's true. Uh, but you know yeah. what? It's the you you have to do that in all parts of your life, okay? If if you're not swallowing your pride some days and making nice with people, well, maybe that's something that you need to do. What what do they say? uh, If you if you meet a hole in the morning, you met an a hole. If you meet a holes all day, you're the a hole. (laughs) And and I just think it bears saying, you know, it's is uh, 
you're not alone in that. I know I'm not alone in that. Um, I've met people along the way who give me advice here and there in F3. There's quite sure. a few guys in F3 that are going through it. And, um, you know, I've had a guy, guy said, give it four years. It'll get better. Well, I'm right at four years and I'm still waiting, but uh, I, don't, I don't have four years, <laughs> you know, um, but uh, that's OK, because at the end of the day, it's not about, you know, uh, it's about the what's what's going to happen in the future. And, um, you know, I've met guys that are like, well, but my kids that look, your kids aren't dumb. They know what's going on. They can see yeah. and yeah. they may not always make the great the right choice, but it's about you doing what's right and letting everything else come out and um they know what's going on they they yeah. do i, I promise yeah. you that. i i uh i mean you know and obviously i'm still with my wife and have been for you know going on 22 years and all that kind of good stuff but um but i am still amazed even at how much they have picked up so you're, you're exactly right god they aren't stupid um and and some of the stuff that my daughter you know we had a four-hour drive from salt lake up to up to you know uh Rexburg, Idaho to drop her off. And just some of the things we were able to talk about were fairly interesting. <laughs> some things I was like, Oh, I don't think I even knew that you knew that was a thing, you know, and it is some of the questions she asked about, you know, what she was going to face and, and uh, some of the stuff between me and mom and, you know, cause she's interested in, in moving to that phase of her life as well. You know, thinking about boys and marriage and, and all those sorts of things. And uh, boy, <laughs> you think I wasn't ready to drop her off? Oh, I'm definitely not ready for her. <laughs> to be dropped off permanent, like, you know, um, but, uh, I know, I know we're kind of out of time, but I think one of the things that I have found for myself and, and if anybody really needs to, you know, wants to jump on the end of this one, uh, feel free. But, um, one of the things I've found for myself, and this is, this is true now, uh, as I have been in F3, um, as far as, uh, you know, for the last, whatever it is, eight plus years now, um, is while I think I agree with what GMO said, as far as the amount of sacrifice we're willing to put in and, you know, I'm, so I'm going to stick it out a whole lot longer with my girls than I am with any, any man, I just, you know, run across or whatever, but, um, but in a lot of ways, there's not a ton of difference. And I think one of the things we forget a lot, I know that uh, I hear it a lot when we're working with blades and, and things like that. We, we tend to forget sometimes that these kids, no matter what your belief system is, um, these kids aren't yours. Uh, they, they do not belong to you permanently. They are always your kids, but eventually they are going to grow to be like you. Uh, and that's what we're all kind of shooting for, right? Is, is they are going to become adults. They are going to have their own families. They are going to have their own lives and they're going to be independent of you for real. Not just like, Oh, I let her ride the bike down the street to her friend's house. Look how, look how good I'm at making her an independent girl. No, no. <laughs> you know, like when, uh, when the 18 year old calls crying and going, dad, I don't know what to eat. And I was like, Oh yeah. I mean, maybe we could have prepped you better on that one. I don't know, but yeah. guess what? You know, we got you a meal plan and that's the whole thing. Like you're going to figure it out, ask some questions, you know, whatever it is. Right. But, but we have to remember that they're not our own. And we are just stewards uh, for the time that they are, are under our care, uh, 18 to however many years, you know, depending. Um, I understand some of the times that they come back a little bit, uh, but certainly for those first 18. And, um, and so for me, using those principles that I have uh, learned of vape, uh, you know, uh, those principles that I have learned about the five C's, those principles that I have learned through F3 uh, and also the, the network of men. Uh, through through what we have here has made all the difference. And now 
you know, uh, the way I, I phrase it. And I think I, I posted this someplace recently. Somebody said, Oh, I bet you're that dad that would sit on the porch with a shotgun, you know, when boys come and, uh, and welcome them to the house and you know, cleaning your shotgun kind of thing. And I said, no, actually I feel like my job was, and I feel like I've done a pretty good job of it. Uh, and that is that I, I'm, I planted the shotgun in her heart years ago. Mm. You know, she, she's going to shoot you in the face. I don't have to do a thing, you know, <laughs> right. And, and leading her to understand casting some vision for her of who she can be and what her purpose is on this earth, why she is here. And then helping to articulate that to her in such a way that she can be persuaded to come along on this journey. I love, I can't remember who said it exactly, but uh, I love the idea of having that family mission. That's something that we've always, um, you know, tried to have in our house um, is to have it very clear and in places where it's easily seen. Um, this is our family mission and this is who we are as people. Um, and so now that she's out there and she's on her own and she is trying to figure it out, she's having a little trouble remembering, you know, cause this is the first time that she's really been gone. Um, but being able to be on the phone with her even late at night and remind her and say, Hey, now who are you again? Mm-hmm. And what's our mission and what are we trying to get done here? And, and it, you know, recenters her. Uh, and she's able to to kind of pull it out. So well, I tell you what, man, uh, dropping that girl off at college was probably the hardest thing I've done as a parent. Um, I can't imagine what the next few years hold. Um, but as we often say at the end of this podcast, uh, it ain't easy, baby. But if it was easy, we wouldn't need leaders. A Monday warrior, mean, mean stride. Today's Tom Sawyer, mean, mean pride. Thanks for listening to the 43 Feet Podcast. If you like what you heard on the show, or if it's helped you in some way, we'd ask you to rate us, write a review, and share us with your friends and networks. It really does help others to find us. If you have questions, comments, or concerns, write us at questions at 43feetpodcast.com or tweet us at 43feetpodcast. The climb we're on to create virtuous leaders isn't going to be easy, but we'll get there 43 feet at a time.